my dear friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's been a while since I last hosted this, hosted this show, so it's good to be back with you sharing the Word of God. Um, whether you are at home or in the car driving back from work or studies, I pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. This week, we're following the theme, The Bible in Times of Hurt and Pain. And the big question for today is, can I explain every hurt? Can I explain every hurt? To help us answer this question, we have Marty Thompson uh, with us in the studio. Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. Welcome, Marty. Hey, it's great to be here, Ricardo. Excellent. What do you think of the big question for today? I think it's a very relevant question. I think it's a question that uh, many people ask, you know, why is there so much suffering in the world? How do we explain what we go through in our individual lives? Each of us are touched with pain and suffering um, in our lives. And so to have an adequate answer to this is very crucial to how we cope with, with suffering and um, and how we, I guess, in, in many ways, the picture of God that is in our mind is, is very much linked to how we actually answer this question. Very good. I'm really looking forward to the study. I think today's question is going to be very relevant because we've all experienced pain at one stage or, or another. Very good. So um, for our World Watch segment, I would like to share with our listeners I, an article that I read um, from NBC News published in uh, on August 3rd, 2023. Um, and it says... This, the gunman who opened fire on a Pittsburgh synagogue, killing 11 and wounding seven others, will be sentenced to death, federal jurors decided on Wednesday. The tragedy nearly five years ago was the most heinous anti-Semitic attack in the U.S. history. For months before the attack, the gunman Robert Bowers posted incessantly and on social media about his hatred of Jewish people and immigrants. Armed with an AR-15 and other weapons, he then barged into the Tree of Life congregation in the Squirrel Hill neighborhood of Pittsburgh on October 27, 2018, and surrendered only when he ran out of ammunition. The jury will now deliver its verdict to U.S. District Court Judge Robert Colville, who is bound to impose the death penalty against the gunman. The judge is expected to deliver the official sentence Thursday morning. When a horrendous crime is committed, it deserves the most severe penalty. Carol Black, whose brother Richard Gottfried was killed, said on Wednesday after the jury um, reached its decision. Jurors had to reach a unanimous decision to impose the death penalty or else the gunman would have received the life, uh, life without the possibility of parole. In June, the same jury that recommended Bowers to be executed found the shooter 
guilty on 63 criminal counts stemming from the attack. The panel had also deemed him eligible for the death penalty. During the lengthy trial, the prosecution heavily referred to the gunman's long history of anti-Semitism to prove he had the requisite intent to kill, while the defense unsuccessfully argued mental illness and delusional beliefs caused uh, the massacre. Family members of the victims also took the stand to give emotional statements on how the gunman's rampage impacted their lives. Martin Gaynor survived. He said Wednesday that anti-Semitism has been on the rise, including the spread of hate on social media and by celebrities and politicians. I, all of the survivors and all of the family members of the victims of the hate-fueled cruel attack on October 27, 2018, know where this leads, Gaynor said. Tolerating or even worse, promoting anti-Semitism leads down a dark path that descends into hate, violence and destruction. This is not only bad for Jews, it's bad for our entire country, he said. What an article. Uh, the, mm. One of the most horrendous tragedies in the history of the U.S., as this article describes it. Mm. So um, regardless of your stance on the death penalty, how do you explain, how do we explain to these people uh, or anyone who goes through such an experience the tragedy of uh, of losing someone in that way? I mean, they can question themselves. Why didn't God protect us if we were coming to the synagogue to actually worship him? Mm, it's a really, really good question, Ricardo. And, and there is no simple answer. And I think even in, you know, even attempting to, to speak, um, to such a, such a, such a tragic situation, um, you know, it's, as you were sharing, it was making me think of when Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And, and when you read in the book of Genesis chapter six, it describes what it was like, what the world was like in the days of Noah. And it says that, uh, that the earth was filled with violence. And I suppose the question would be, well, how did, you know, what, what, uh, what was God's? How did God feel when he saw this earth filled with violence? And the Bible says, um, in verse, in Genesis 6, verse 6, it says, um, and the Lord was sorry he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And so I guess, you know, the first thing is that, uh, Whenever we are going through grief, whatever we're going through suffering, the Bible indicates that God is suffering alongside with us. Exactly. Good the, point. The grief that, that people experience, the, the grief that, that touches our hearts, it touches God's heart as well. You know, God is not a distant being who just creates and then steps back. He's, he's involved in our lives. He's mm. personal. And, um, you know, he's our, he's our heavenly father. And so when he sees his children on earth suffering, killing each other, all these kinds of things, it grieves, it grieves his heart. I think the broader, the broader answer to the question really goes back to this issue of, you know, yeah, why, why does God allow, uh, suffering in this world? And, and I think, 
to understand this well, we, we have to first of all understand that God, the Bible simply says that God is love, First John 4, 8. And love requires freedom. You mm-hmm. cannot have... Uh, you cannot have freedom, or rather, you cannot have love without freedom. It's impossible. True. And then, when with if if so, you know, let's say, you know, when we asked our wives to marry us, Ricardo, you know, we we asked them the question. There was a yes or no. There was the possibility of rejection. Mm-hmm. If if one person is, you know, I've heard it said, if no is not an option, then yes is meaningless. Mm-hmm. So there has to be in love. There has to be freedom. I think everyone would agree with that. Yes. With love, there has to be a freedom. But with freedom, there comes risk. And as you read, as we read the story of the Bible, and you read the, the story of Genesis, God gave, you know, many gifts to Adam and Eve. One of the most precious gifts he gave them was freedom, freedom to choose. And with that freedom to choose, they chose to actually go against what God said. They ate the fruit that God said, do not eat. And by doing so, they opened a door that God never intended to be opened. Mm. And evil and sin and misery came into this world. And, you know, it didn't take long. The first two children, Cain and Abel, and Cain murdered his own brother Abel. So it did not take long for evil to, to show how... That's right. Horrendous it is, and um, and you know our world is 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 in this mess. The good news is that God, um, you know, this isn't going to continue on forever. But I suppose, Ricardo, yeah, what can we say? We can say that this is not God's intention. This is never part of God's plan. He never intended for us to experience this. But God didn't create robots. He created people with the free choice. And with that comes the possibility and the risk. That's a very important thought, that we understand that God gives us freedom of choice because for for him that's a very important principle. And I think that as as you were uh, mentioning these things, I was thinking uh, the very fact that God created Adam and Eve, uh, knowing the future, Taking the risk, but at the same time knowing what was going to happen proves that he really respects our freedom of choice because God could have easily said, um, because I know that Adam and Eve are going to disobey me, I'm not going to create them. Mm. The fact that he made them knowing mm. everything in advance really shows that he respects our freedom of choice. Uh, and, and a lot of people struggle with that concept, though. They co- struggle with the fact that, you know, God knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. How could he have, you know, known this was going to happen and still allow it to happen? And it again, it's a, it's a, it's a, in some ways, a complex thing, a complex question to answer. Yes. But in simple terms, we could say this. What God foreknows is not what he forechose. Correct. What God knows is going to happen doesn't mean that he was the one that chose it to happen that way. But rather, he does know the end from the beginning. God knows all things. But again, yes, God gives freedom. He knows it's going to happen. If God wasn't to create someone simply because he knew that they were going to rebel against him, then that wouldn't be true freedom. That's very important. And I would rather follow God because I want to, because I love to, rather than because I have to or because I'm forced to. Absolutely. That's where happiness (laughs) is. So um, a lot of people are looking at these uh, acts of violence within the religious 
um, realm, and they they try they, they seem to blame religion uh, for these acts of violence. Would that be fair? Look, human nature is is more uh, more the culprit here, I believe, because if you go outside of religion, you still face you know the same thing um you know stalin wanted to stamp out religion you know and uh, you think of the um the reign of terror during the french revolution huge atrocities um you know communism and the and the atrocities associated with communism and anti-religion and anti-god there's no way that you could just simply say it's religion. It's not religion, it's human nature. Our, yes. our nature is broken. Does that happen in religions? Absolutely it does. Um, because human, pe- because people are involved in religion. So wherever yes. you have people, wherever you have people, which, you know, we are, we are, we have self, a selfish nature naturally, there's going to be issues. There's going to be issues. Good. So God is not the source of this acts of violence. It is our sinful nature. Uh, it's good to be reminded in the Bible as well that God never created what we see happening in this world. He did not plan. He's he's actually coming to put an end to Absolutely. all of this. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and the other side of the coin is that uh, if we go back to Revelation, we see that there is a spiritual battle that took place. Revelation 12 talks about war in heaven and between God and, or Michael and his angels and the dragon and his angels. And we jump down to verse nine, Revelation 12, nine. It says that, that the dragon was, the, is the devil and Satan. Mm. And so, we understand as well that even the angels that God created, even the angels with the freedom to choose. Yes. Some people say that question, you know, why did God create the devil? Same and, question. And again, the answer is, well, God didn't create the devil. He created a perfect angel who made a devil of himself. Why is there evil in this world? It's, is it God's fault? God created a perfect world, read it in, we read in Genesis 1. Mm. But through choice... The earth, you know, by the choice to go contrary to God's way, this world then became corrupt. We certainly can't point the finger at at uh, at just you know, a, a, and say a blanket statement like religion is to blame. Um, it's 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 much deeper than that. It's actually within human human nature itself and the reality is there is uh you know there are evil forces there is the devil and his and his demons in this world and um stirring up all sorts of strife in this world oh thank you marty good to be reminded that uh, an enemy has done all of these it wasn't god's plan so for all our listeners hang in there god has a plan he has a solution and he's coming soon um, let's come to some music now. We're going to listen to Ron and Patty Valiant. I will not leave you comfortless. In the world he 
But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Very nice. Our giveaway for this week is the book Courage for the Tough Times by David Marshall. Uh, this book explains how to cope with the lows of life, and I'm sure that all of us have been in situations like that. Uh, sometimes our heartaches with troubles, a cancer scare, a stroke, the loss of someone dear to us. Courage for tough times, discover how to cope with the lows, lows of life. Um, in this book, you will see that God is never far away. Dr. David Marshall, retired editor of the Stamborough Press, has both experienced tough times himself and also found solace in the hope uh, that can only be offered by a caring God. Seems to be a very, very relevant book that everyone can benefit from. So um, if you would like a copy of this book, all you need to do is text us to 04888 808 That And the code that you need to send us is SA130. That is SA for South Australia. SA130. No space between the digits. SA130. And our robot will answer and um, take care of that delivery for you. Uh, You can also text that number 04888-808-11 with your questions or comments at Anytime. So welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty Thompson. Marty is the pastor of Sterling SDA Church and Grace Adventist Center. This week we're following the theme, the Bible in times of hurt and pain. And the big question for today is, can I explain every hurt? Marty, what do you think? Can every hurt be explained? <laughs> it's a great question, Ricardo. And uh, you know, we're um, we're going to actually going to take a look at the Book of Job today because when it comes to this question of suffering and pain that we experience in our lives, the story of Job gives us some amazing lessons that uh, that we can draw from. And so, I'm going to pick up. And um, in the Bible, in the book of Job, we we actually read and uh, we, we discover the, the background story of um, of Job. And, and the Bible says right at the beginning of the book of Job, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. So he's a good man. He's a good person. He's not only a good person, he's, uh, in fact, he's, he's probably the best person on earth. I think the Bible says he was perfect. He was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he has seven sons and he has three daughters. He goes on to list all of his possessions and says that he was the greatest of all the people of the East. So he was incredibly wealthy. He was blessed. And... Um, he he would even he would even offer sacrifices for his children and he would pray for his children regularly you know he was a man of god he was a good man he was a blessed man and it says in verse 6 now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them 
Very interesting. It would appear that there was some kind of council in heaven mm-hmm. of representatives called sons of God who came mm. before the Lord and actually Satan comes among them, which is fascinating to yes. consider. Mm. This gives us an insight into the fact that our world is not the only world in the universe. Mm. There are other worlds and they have representatives of each each world. And at this particular point in time, Satan comes as the representative of planet Earth. That's because God had originally given that role to Adam and Eve, but when they sinned, when they disobeyed God and followed Satan, they relinquished that role of being, I suppose, the managers of the earth, and Satan actually took over that role. So here he comes, he's here at this, Satan's here at this heavenly council. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come from? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. That's almost like a way of saying, you know, I own that place. You know, I, uh, that's my yes. territory. You know, in, in, in the Bible, it's wherever you place your feet, that's like a symbol of ownership. And, and it sounds to me like the devil is not passive. He's active, walking yes. around and looking what, uh, what to do at all times. Absolutely. He, he is. He's 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 at work in this earth up to no good. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. And so here God challenges uh, God challenges Satan. He says, "Yeah, okay, you you claim to be you know the owner of the earth, and that you know you're 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 the one in charge." But he says, "Have you considered Job? He's not following you. He's 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 one of mine." So Satan answered the Lord and said, "Does Job fear God for nothing?" You have in, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So here we have Satan, interestingly challenging, challenging the very motives of why. Um, Job was serving God. Now, Job has no idea that all of this is happening. And as the story unfolds, God actually does permit, he does permit Satan to actually, um, to actually stretch out his hand against Job. He puts a limit on what Satan can do, and that's important. But Satan goes out and, 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 and within a short space of time, all of Job's livelihood is destroyed. And even his children are killed. And it's, you know, how do we even fathom this? His, his, literally his wealth is vanished and his ten children, his seven sons and three daughters are killed all within a short, very short space mm-hmm. of time. How can we, how could we possibly explain this? The first thing to understand is that there is a conflict, there is a great controversy going on that's, that we cannot see visually with our eyes. It's a spiritual conflict. But even though we cannot see it, it's as real as the wars that are taking place in our world today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's in the same way Job was unaware of everything that was, that conversation that was taking place in, in heaven. I think that we are the same. We don't know what's happening really. 
we don't always know why. We don't know, you know, but it's interesting that certainly what is what is not happening here is certainly it's not that job has been an evil person and that evil things are now going to happen to him this is not some sort of karma um reality mm-hmm. it's actually the complete opposite to that you know there is a lot of i guess philosophies that teach that concept of karma that you know if you if you do bad to somebody yes. bad's going to come back to you if you do good to somebody good's going to come back to you but then what happens what happens when you've been doing the right thing and then evil comes back to you i, I remember on one occasion back in um back uh, when i used to live in tamworth new south wales and our our neighbors were got got broken into one sunday and um the uh the our, our yeah our friends our neighbors uh the the lady she actually made a comment to me and she said i i don't know how this could have happened while uh, while i was at church and the implication was how could god allow this to happen to me when i'm doing what's right and i guess it's mm-hmm. a similar thing when we think about this this mass shooting yes. in the United States. Here are people coming to worship, etc. How could God allow this to happen? Well, the first thing to un- I, I think to to recognise is that God's not the one who instigates any evil, any suffering. Satan is the instigator of evil. The Bible says in First John chapter three that the devil sinned in the beginning. So the origin of evil actually began with uh, with the devil, who was once named Lucifer. Not with God. Not with God. Mm. You know what? What did God do? God gave freedom. God gave freedom, but but God certainly didn't. Uh, you know, God didn't instigate evil in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Now, the other interesting thing to me. When you ask, you know, this, this, this question of, you know, how do we explain, um, how do we explain these, these, these things that happen in our lives? One, one reality is this. If you could perfectly explain it, you'd actually be giving an excuse for it. Mm-hmm. In other words, sin and evil is mysterious. Sin and evil doesn't belong in our universe. Some philosophies teach that good and evil are like codependent, you know, like the yin and the yang symbol. You've got the, the, the dark and the, you know, the black and the white and they, they sort of mix together one, you know, mm. one has a little bit of the other in it. And, um, and this sort of concept is very contrary to the Bible. The Bible doesn't doesn't see sin and evil in any good way. It doesn't serve any good purpose at all. And so that's, I, I guess, that's so important to to recognize that um, evil is not something that is that is in any way good. It should not coexist with good. Absolutely not. So is it is it possible to experience true happiness without experiencing first? Um um, something very sorrowful you know in this world probably not because this world is is broken this world is is full of evil but the bible does say that there's coming a time in revelation 21 it says that god is going to make a new heaven and a new earth and mm. there is going to come a time when god completely uh eliminates and and vanquishes evil and mm. and 
takes it out of the universe. That sounds completely. really good to me. It, it sounds good. It does sound good. And I think that's, in many ways, that's kind of the answer. And, and you know, if I'm, I'm kind of skipping, a, skipping ahead a little bit in the story, but even Job, you know, he found comfort in, in this truth that one day God was going to put an end to the suffering in this world. Right, right. It, I love this verse. It says, um, this is Job in the midst of his suffering. And he says, Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. And guess what, you know, and they are. <laughs> and it says, That they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever. You know, he, he didn't want his experience to be forgotten. Mm. And he, then he says this, though he's going through all this suffering and, and this pain in his life, he says, For I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. My and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. So wow. there's something deep within us when we see the suffering in this world that says, this world's not my home. That right. says, mm-hmm. I long for a day that's coming when there will be no more sin and suffering and, and, and heartache and pain and disease. And, and according to the Bible, that day is coming. Even Job, in the midst of his suffering, whilst he didn't have all the answers, mm-hmm. he trusted that God was going to, in the end, actually make all things new. Very interesting. And what a faith. And I can see in this story that it, it's okay to ask questions to God, like Job did. It's it's natural. Absolutely. And uh, I can also see that God is just allowing people to use their freedom of choice, as he gave to every one of us. And at the same time, he's in control of the lives of his children. It's Absolutely. not that he gives everyone freedom of choice and allows, you know, he did not allow the devil to completely destroy uh, Job. Like that, he, he put some limitations to what the devil could do. So I can see also that God is in control there. What a story! It's a ama- it is amazing, Ricardo. There's there's another point I think that that I think is is well worth worth considering. A fascinating point, mm. and that is that um, yeah. Satan then actually after, you know, wiping out all of Job's livestock and, and destroying his children, then comes back to God and God says, Job is still being faithful. And, and then Satan says, well, let me, let me, let me at him personally. And he says, and God again does permit, God does permit it. And, um, and Satan attacks Job's health. He's covered from head to toe in painful boils. He's in agony. And in the midst of his agony, his wife comes along. And his wife actually, uh, after everything that they've gone through as, a, as husband and wife, after they've lost all their livelihood, after they've lost their children, she notices that her husband is still remaining faithful to God. And she says this, it says that uh, in verse 9, it says, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. And you know, what's interesting is that uh, I think that often Satan actually uses suffering as a means to try and break our faith in God. 
That's what Satan so wants true. to do. Satan's objective in bringing suffering in our lives and bringing dis- is to bring discouragement, is for us to, to, to be like Job's wife and just, to just say, look, God, how could you let this happen to me? In fact, I was on, you know, I was just, I, I opened up my Facebook Messenger the other day and I, I, and somebody's profile, one of my friends on Facebook caught my attention. And it was, it was really this very question, you know, is basically having a go at God because of all this horrible stuff that's going on in, in, in life. And I, 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 you know, this is the, this is the main reason why, um, I think why the devil wants to try and bring suffering in people's lives. It's because he tries to actually, interestingly, he's the one who brings the suffering and then he makes people think that God is the one to blame. What a coward. Absolutely. So true. Yeah, but that, but, and, 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 you know, and Ricardo, I mean, I don't know, that seems to be one of his most effective strategies. Have you noticed that in ministry as well? Yes. You know, you sometimes, we can, you know, meet people who have gone through a tragedy and what do they do? They, they walk away from God. Mm-hmm. They walk away from God. And I God. think the devil knows that it is in our nature to blame God for the bad things that happen in our lives, uh, things that we cannot explain. We immediately think, why did God allow this to happen to me? Especially if I'm faithful to him, uh, I try to blame God. But I believe that God allows that to happen, those trials and, and, and suffering to come into our lives in order to test our faith, to see how much we trust that he still loves us and he is still in control. Because I believe that after we go through that experience, we come much stronger the other end. Absolutely. Yeah, there is definitely that aspect to it as well. And it's it's a difficult question to answer because, uh, you know, that's, that is obviously the question that comes to my mind is, well, why did God even allow this to happen? Why did God even permit it to happen? But I suppose the other side of the coin is if God didn't allow any evil, any suffering to come upon his people, um, you know, that, that really, that would really in, in many ways, um, Look, I just don't think that that's possible because we live in a broken world. That that would require removing the freedom of choice. Exactly. Say, for example, take for example, a mother who is is you know who is pregnant, and she decides to smoke. Her child has no choice in the matter. Mm. But is the child affected by the mother's choice? Definitely. Absolutely. You know, if somebody is uh, driving on the road and they decide to run a red light, that's their choice. But they may crash into somebody and kill them. And so, to to try and imagine a world in which God's people never suffered and never went, that would be to remove the freedom of choice. Correct. You, you cannot actually... And so, yeah, because people say, it's not fair. Um, why should I have to suffer because of what somebody else has done? That's the exact point. That's, that is true. I, you know, that is reality. We do suffer because of other people's choices. And if we're honest with ourselves, you know, we've all made choices that have actually negatively impacted somebody else at some stage in our life. That's what, that's why we need Christ. That's why we need a savior. Desperately. We do. Yes. 
So um, all those things that we see in this world, the acts of violence, the suffering, that is the result of living in a world where, where people are using their freedom of choice in a selfish way, right? Correct. That's, That's why right. we all suffer because of the decisions of other people. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, you know, there are many people who I'm sure are living in Ukraine and Russia right now. And because of the decisions of just a few people, millions of lives are being affected. Yes. And so that is the world in which we live. And if we didn't believe in God, if we just believe that this world, this life was it, then there would be nothing really to look forward to. No hope at all. You know, because you'd think, wow, we're just in this melting pot. And again, I come back to this point where Job, one of the reasons I believe that he was able to endure this trial mm. was because he had something to look forward to. He knew that Jesus would come again. He knew that though he, he didn't have all the answers, that he knew that God loved him. And we today can look back in hindsight. We can look at the cross. We can look at the fact that, yes, it's not fair that we have to suffer in this broken world, but neither was it fair that Jesus suffered. Exactly. Right. Neither was it fair yes. that Jesus came to this broken world, that he, you know, he, 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 though in very nature God, he humbled himself and became mm. a man and uh, suffered even to the point of death on the cross. Mm. And so I think that when you consider, when you consider that, I think it, you know, for me, Ricardo, it gives me great comfort that in the times where I've faced suffering in my life, when I, you know, lost mum to cancer a few years ago, when there's been other times in life where I've felt, where I felt a heavy burden in my heart, I think about Jesus. I think about what He went through on the cross. I think about the fact that He actually has carried. Our, our sins, our struggles, our shames, our burdens. And, um, you know, that heart of love that he has for each one of us, it brings comfort. It brings comfort. It brings encouragement. What a thought. I've heard people say, where was God when my son died? Why did he allow? Where was he? And I think that God was in the same place he was when his son, Jesus Christ, was dying on the mm. cross. Even Jesus felt like saying, why have you forsaken me? But God was there as well, suffering, mm. right? Absolutely. And I think that, that answers some of the questions, that, at least that we may have. Where is God? God is there for us always, mm. allowing us to go through circumstances that are difficult, yes, but always keeping an eye on us, always in control, he will show up. He will show up. Sometimes he shows up at the fourth watch of the night. Uh, but I think that um, we should always recognize that he's in control and we depend on him. Very interesting. I'm looking forward to the second part of the study. Uh, but for now, let's come to some music. And we've got uh, a under his wings. I am safely abiding Though the night deepens and tempests are wild Still I can trust Him I know He will keep me He has redeemed me And I am His child Under His wings under his wings, who from him 
His love can sever. Under His wings my soul shall abide, safely abide forever. Under His wings what a refuge is sorrow. Yearningly turns to its rest. Often, when earth has no balm for my healing, there I find comfort, and there I am blessed. Under His wings, under His wings, who from His love. Can sever. Under his wings, my soul shall abide, safely abide forever. Under his wings, all oh, precious enjoyment, there will I hide till. Trials are whole, sheltered, protected, no evil can I mean. Resting in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. Under His wings, under His wings, who from His love can sever. wings, my soul shall abide, safely abide forever. And that was Under His Swings, Aka Peldrich. Beautiful song as well. Our giveaway for this week is the book Courage for Tough Times by David Marshall. And uh, this is a very, very relevant book because everyone has gone at different stages uh, through tough times. This book explains how to cope with the lows of life. Sometimes our heart aches with troubles, a cancer scare, a stroke, the loss of a loved one, many different trials that we have to go through and we have no explanation for. So um, courage for tough times will help you see that God is never far away, even though he may seem to be far away at at times. And we may ask, where is he? If I'm so faithful to him, why has he forsaken me? Like Jesus asked on the cross. Well, this book will help us uh, find the answer to these questions. Uh, Dr. David Marshall, the author of this book, retired editor of the, of, of the um, Stanborough Press, has both experienced tough times himself and also found solace and comfort in the hope that can only be received from a loving God. So I encourage you to um, text us on um, 0488-808-11. That is 0488-808-11. Text us the code SA130, SA130, with no spaces in between, SA for South Australia, 130, and um, our friendly robot will answer 
your uh, message and you will get a free copy of this book delivered to your house. Uh, you can also text us at this number, 04888-80811, with um, questions and comments at any time. So, welcome back, dear listeners. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty Thompson. And Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. This week, we're following the theme the Bible in times of hurt and pain. And the big question for today is, can I explain every hurt? Um, Marty, we've learned very interesting things in the study so far. We, we talked about uh, the freedom of choice that God has given to everyone. We've talked about that God has a purpose in allowing certain things to happen. We noticed also that he's in control. Um, and we also learned that there are things that we cannot explain. We need to exercise our faith like Job did in this amazing story. So um, how can we apply this to our lives? I think, yeah, it's a great question, Pastor Ricardo. One of the, one of the things that, uh, you know, I've, I guess I've got a bit of a confession to make, and that is that I, I, I'm a naturally quite a judgmental person. And by that I mean I like to I like to reason from cause to effect. But there are some things in life where that kind of thinking is not productive. And when it comes to tragedy and suffering, that's often the case. We find in the story of Job that when he goes through this tragedy, his livelihood is destroyed, his children are killed, his health is ruined, that he has three friends that show up. Mm-hmm. And for one week, they do the right thing. That is, they say nothing. (laughs) They sit there and they don't say anything. And sometimes that's sometimes the Mm. best thing we can do when we're trying, where we're reaching out to somebody who's going through difficulty. The moment that we start to say, well, maybe it's because you did this or that, we, you start to actually go into the realm of conjecture. Yes. And we don't really know. And, um, and what made Job's suffering even worse was that his three friends eventually just basically said to Job, well, Job, nobody suffers like this unless they've done something wrong. You know, what, what, what's what's some of the skeletons in your closet, Job? Like, what's mm. going on here behind the scenes that nobody else knows about? And Job says, I'm, I, I haven't, you know, I, I've lived uprightly. He says, you know, he, he, he kind of defends himself. But his his three friends want to press the issue harder. They want to try and find a reason for why this suffering has no, taken place. Not very place. helpful. This is not helpful. This is not helpful. You know, I think if I can reflect briefly on you know when my mum got cancer and uh, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and from the moment they realised what kind of a tumor it was, I still remember where I was when my mum called me on the phone and. And, um, she said, Marty, it's, uh, you know, they've, it's terminal. And there was nothing, you know, that could be done. And, you know, and you kind of sit back and you think and you go, wow, you know, and there is no 
there is no way that we could say, oh, well, this is exactly why that happened. We don't have an answer. There are many things in life that we just do not have an answer for. But one thing that, you know, one of the things that I'm so grateful to my mum for is the legacy that she left. There and I, there was one night, and her legacy essentially was that she she didn't she didn't say why me, she didn't say why has this happened to me, but with the with the time that she did have, she she really did make the most of it. I saw her faith really shine, and it reminds me a little bit of what Job says. He says, you know, when God brings me through this, I will be like gold. I will shine as gold. And I saw that in my mom. I saw that as she went through this trial, her faith, you know, grew stronger. I remember her turning me to on one occasion and just saying to me, just with simple faith, you know, right in the midst of her suffering, she said, Marty, isn't, isn't God's love just amazing? Hmm. Isn't God's love just amazing? And I guess uh, that experience that you went through in losing your mom um, has given you a greater incentive to be ready when Jesus comes. It has, it has. And, you know, it's given me a whole different, you know, it, it, it really did give me a different perspective on life. It reminded me that, you know, life is too short to be having issues in relationships and to be holding on to bitterness and grudges. It's Life is too short to withhold affection and love and, and to withhold telling someone that you care and that you appreciate them. You know, we are here. We don't know how long we have. There are no guarantees in a broken world of sin. But experiences like that remind us how precious life is and how much we should value the yes. relationships that we have, that every day is a gift from God. We should wake mm. up every morning with praise and thankfulness on our lips. We should so go true. to bed so each true. night grateful for God's blessings and his provisions throughout the day rather than allowing the negative things of life to actually in some ways, um, you know, overwhelm us and mm-hmm. overcome us, they're just simply reminders that this world is not our final home. There was one occasion when I visited mum, and it wasn't long before she passed, and I was there in, in the, the Mata Hospice in Newcastle, and um, I remember just sitting at the, the foot of her bed, mum was resting, and I, and I decided to write write some a poem actually and, and it was called Thank You Mum and one of the lines was um was this I, I said to I, I wrote down um I never heard you question or say why me. Instead I just saw you grow more in love with the man of Calvary. And Beautiful. that was a that was that was mum's experience. And it has, you know, and it's, uh, we've, you know, we've got young kids and, and, you know, that I wish and I long that, that, that mum could have been around to, you know, to, to, to mentor our kids and to be that example and role model to our kids. But, uh, but, you know, we don't have a, a good reason and explanation for that. But, uh, but I certainly can see that in mum's experience, she trusted in God to the end. And that's inspired us. That's encouraged us to say, you know, you know, whatever we have to go through in this broken world, we know that God is a God of love. We know that evil is not his plan. We know mm. that the devil is at work behind the scenes. And so we know that God is not the one to blame. It's the devil is the one to blame. 
the good in the world, the, the preservation of good in the world is actually the result of God's goodness and his mercies nice. to us. Yes, very and, good. And when we have these conversations with people who are struggling, who are facing difficulties, rather than trying to put on our detective hats and explain, and, and explain it away, Sometimes the best thing that we can do is just 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 sit and just connect and just encourage and just you know and just say you know what um this is really tough you know and 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 uh and and put an arm around them and shed a tear with them and and mm-hmm. and say look I I can't imagine the the grief that you're going through right now but but the one thing I do know is that uh, you know? Even through this pain, God is God is here. God's love has not changed. That's the main thought. You know, I think the constancy of God's love, the assurance of His care, mm. is what sustains us through the trials in life. So we may not understand what's what's happening sometimes around us, mm. but we do know that there is a God who loves us, uh, who loves us, and is ready to to be with us when we need Him the most. Absolutely. Right. That that's our anchor, I, I believe. Absolutely. Right. Hey, just one final thought, Pastor Ricardo, and that is that is that um I think in many ways the how do we cope with the tragedies of life? How do we cope with them? You could summarize it by simply saying this when the difficulties of life come, who do you go to? When our health deteriorates, when relationships break apart, when our finance, you know, is, is, uh, is uncertain, when, when life itself seems to be in a downward spiral, who do we turn to? And I think of that invitation where Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, that invitation yes. to come to Jesus, Jesus says, I, I'm not the one sending the trials, I'm not the one sending the difficulties, but he invites us to come to him when we face the difficulties of life. Because who you go to when you face when you face challenges in life, that's what makes all the difference. The difference. So let's look at Jesus rather than uh, looking at our problems. So to all you listeners, uh, I hope that you've been blessed. It looks uh, like our time is up for today. Uh, this is Pastor Ricardo, and our co-host today was Pastor Marty. Thanks for joining us on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow as we explore the answer to the big question, Do the faithful always win? Until then, remember that Jesus said, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Matthew twenty-eight twenty. May God bless you richly. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 